lovely cushion header. Oh, This is the Indie Reds Podcast. Yeah. Welcome, everyone, to the Indie Reds Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Dilling. We've got Brian Smith and Bo Backlot flying on the podcast. Uh, but before we really get started, I wanted to send a shout-out to our good friend, Zach Shorter. He's the one that put together that new intro for us, and you actually hear his voice there as well. Thank you, Zach, so much. I love it. You did a great job with it, I, If you need, and I picked up little nuances and everything that you put in it's fabulous thank you so much so it's been a while since we potted and uh you know what guys i saw no one but me uh there wasn't a lot to be happy with with the club and you know adding to that with a bunch of stress from work as well as uh, what was going on in the world i just didn't really have the energy or mental capacity to put together a podcast uh record it and upload it every week so i'm just going to take the blame for that uh, but you know what we're back um, it's a good time to talk about Liverpool Football Club. So tonight we're going to talk about why we feel that Liverpool fell flat through the Christmas period and into early January, or actually in all of January, uh, what has gone right so far in our panel's eyes uh, to get us back to winning ways. Uh, we're going to cover the late window transfers as well as look forward to Brighton and Manchester City uh, this weekend. So we'll just jump right in and start talking about it's about a downer of a I don't know maybe a month and a half. Uh, Liverpool seemed to be clicking and playing well despite a stockpile of injuries, uh, pulling out wins like we did a lot last year, um, and then we just had a, nothing better than a terrible month. Uh, parking the bus was working. Uh, we weren't scoring, and the home unbeaten run was broken by none other than Sean Dish and Burnley. Um, so this was quite a frustration that all Liverpool fans had. And, uh, and we even talked a little bit about it on group chat. So let's just go ahead and, uh, I'll start with you, Bobak. What, what did you kind of attribute this slump of form to? Well, I mean, I think, uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. Like what really drove us for a solid, you know, two years straight was, uh, this confidence and belief that we were unbeatable, the best team in the world. And, um, you know, a lot of those games came down to fine margins. Um, and it was that belief or that mentality that put us over the line. You know, kind of what, what, what we were used to seeing um, from, the, from the United of the 90s and the, the early 2000 period where, uh, you know, they just always happened to uh, to get it over the line, no matter how terribly they played. Um, so, you know, it, confidence and self-belief is, is, is such a delicate thing to have. And, and, you know, one little, one little blip can, uh, can all of a sudden lead into a major slide. Interestingly enough, what, you know, a lot of people contribute to, um, obviously our, our, loss in form is, you know, the chopping and changing that we're having to do in the back due to, to all the injuries, you know, playing, uh, you know, our two best center midfielders as center backs, uh, you know, thus then rotating, having to rotate in, you know, a pretty much steady midfield that played for two straight years and Fabinho Henderson and, and one album, um, having to chop and change every single week. Um, you know, 
interestingly enough, during this terrible, terrible slide uh, of, you know, from the, the Crystal Palace game, which was, was I think, shortly nil. after Boxing Day. It was December, um, 9, December 19th, 7-0 against Palace. Okay, well, we, I think we, we were, I mean, we were top through Christmas, top through New Year. Yep. Um, I think we won December 27th, is that correct? Against, uh, uh it's been, we, drew, we drew West Brom on the 27th. I, I, I happen to be looking oh, at okay. it right now. I'm not okay. some kind of savant or something. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, no, 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 that no, might have no, been not Big Sam's first game, too. So, so it was, so December 19th was our last Premier League win before, uh, before we beat uh, top first, then correct? Yes, correct. Yeah, one one okay. against West Brom, nil nil Newcastle, lost one nil Southampton, nil nil United in the league, and lost one nil to Burnley. See, see, I'm 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 hearing a lot of nils and ones. Yeah, that yes. doesn't necessarily. That's, that's all it that, is is nils and ones. That doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, attri- you don't necessarily attribute that to a terrible defense. So. I mean, granted, a lot of it had to do with the opposition we were playing, but 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 mainly, you know, going scoreless in four straight Premier League games when you have the potency up front that we do is 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 more along the lines of you know I think fine margins. Um, you know, if you look at the the statistics for you know a majority of those games and some of the chances that we had. I think probably one of the most frustrating things was the the opportunities that we missed. And, you know, uh, you could, you could forgive, you know, the, you know, you could forgive Salah and Mane for being, um, less clinical, um, you know, when they're, when we're still pulling, you know, three, four nil wins, if they're missing two or three opportunities, that's fine. But, but when it comes down to, uh, those fine margins where you need that one or two, to to get you over the line um that's where it's uh that's where it's coming from because you know uh we've got the top score in the premier league we (laughs) went four (laughs) we went four straight premier league games without scoring a goal and up until united decided to score nine past southampton today we were top scorers in the premier league still um for a team that has had trouble scoring chances that is still baffling to me um so, I mean, you can really, really ultimately, I guess, to sum things up, attribute the slide to that just those 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 fine margins that we were uh, previously um, converting always those chances, exceeding yeah. mm-hmm. um, due to our self-belief and mentality. Uh, you know, we lost a little mojo and and we weren't able to uh, to. Uh, put those, you know, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of times in these games in 65th, 70th minute, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not having any confidence in the world that we're going to score and get a winner in some of these games No. versus, you know, if you talk about the season prior, the, the, the season before that, if it's, you know, if there's 30 seconds left in the match. I'm still thinking we might get one or two, um, you know, that's just the the kind of belief I had in the team, and you got. I think that translated uh, through the players as well. Yeah, Brian, what do you do? You have anything to add to what Bobek said, or a different idea? Well, I think he touched on a lot of good points. Certainly, it was a, a big combination of things. Um, you know, we mentioned the the players kind of playing out of position. We kept kind of jumbling up the midfield and. 
you know, bringing Tiago in as, as a new guy that, you know, he didn't really start a match in the Premier League until we got into this stretch we were just talking about there. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not a big statistics guy, but I think I saw something after the, the Southampton match, which was the third match that we talked about in that little streak, um, that we lost 1-0 right after the new year. And I think it was after that match. If not, it was right around there. You know, and that those matches combined there, we, we still had more touches in the penalty box than any other team in the league during this, that little short window. And that's just a, a couple-match window, three-match window or so. But I, I really didn't think that we were too far off from where we, you know, can be good enough to win games. Now, we weren't absolutely flying like we did in the – Palace game where hell I almost scored a goal in the Palace game and I'm several <laughs> thousand miles away. I mean everything we hit was flying into the net. So we had a lot of shots blocked. It seemed like we had more than normal, but we were still getting into the box. We just weren't getting as good a quality of chances and the ones we did get, we weren't finishing. We weren't conceding a lot. You know, just one to West Brom and one to Southampton, one to Burnley. Now they're not exactly you know teams are going to strike the fear into anybody. But we had guys all over, out of position, all over the place. We had injuries everywhere. I think guys were a little bit timid at times. They might not have been, you know, really going for it for ninety minutes because we were so thin. And you know, at one point, I think we finished a match with Milner at right back and Henderson, and I believe Fabinho and Robertson at, at left back. Well, that's three freaking midfielders, you know, in the back four. So, yeah. you know, the the squad was was a bit of a mess, and they fought through it. And, you know, I really didn't think we were too awful. You know, I think we're better than what the results showed. But, you know, ultimately the results are, are what you're measured by. So, you know, it's kind of silly for me to say that at this point. But, um, and obviously the way we played the last couple matches, we'll get to that, was, you know, looked like a completely different team. But still had a lot of shots, a lot of touches in the boxes, box rather, just a lot of things not going our way. A couple of goalkeepers have played really well, you know, things like that. So, yeah. com- combination of a lot of things, but I think we were a little bit closer to um, playing better than, than what most people thought. But uh, that might be just me. What do you think, Joe? You know, I, I thought a lot of it had to do with having to pull Fabino, um, Tiago being injured and then coming back and having to play defensive mid. Um, I, I think me personally, and I could, in, I could see this. I think. It, it, a lot of it had to do with goalies having worldies a lot of times, but a lot of it was is that teams could park the bus because we weren't pulling them out. So the mainly what I'm getting by that is we we were relying so much on the front three to score the goals, and if that box has ten men ten men in the box, you're, you're <laughs> those margins are even finer than they've ever been. So what we really needed was somebody that could put a goal in from the 16-yard box or, you know, inside the 16, just inside the 16-yard box to pull them out so that the defenders actually have to defend and not just let everybody come on to them. Um, and, and we haven't just really... Put, so you're saying just put it in the box, right? <laughs> that's, that's a classic Easy Jack phrase. But. Maybe, maybe not quite, um, but, you know... <laughs> well, we didn't have very many shots from outside the box, to no, your point. That, that's a, and that's, a couple that we did, it seemed like they all got blocked or they all went uh, you know, 50 Rosie. feet over the goal. So. Exactly. And, and you know, it's... it Or... Balls missing by fine margins. I I, I didn't want to leap the blame a lot on um, on the front three because I thought they were doing everything they could and it's just they just didn't have the space 
and and you can't fire off a shot when the guys are practically standing shoulder to shoulder to each other, and all they have to do is stick a leg out and get a deflection. Um, and so it, I don't know. I, I think it's changed. I think it really started to change. I didn't get to watch the FA Cup match um, as I was in Florida, uh, but you know. We, Watching the Spurs match, what I did, Spurs came out to play. They didn't come out like a typical Josie Josie Martin uh, Mar- yeah. Jose Martino. I have just said it completely wrong. I don't know what's going yeah, on. With you know, Joe, I got it. I call Mourinho. him Jose Moranino. Yeah, Moranino. In there for Moranino. Uh, I mean, he didn't park the bus from what I from what I remember watching. And the guys had space and they could play, and we put three goals past them. You know, it's just I it's just I I guess that's probably that that's going to go to me with it being a breath of fresh air um but i i think you know we saw it again yesterday or excuse me the other day um against against west ham i mean david moyes has no problem parking a bus and they did it but the thing is, is that we we got a goal from Ginny Wijnaldum and we got some space in the box west ham's defense wasn't as driven in and parking the box they did try to get out a little bit more but we still had like 70% possession and that was the thing with every single one of those games that was close we had like right around 70% possession of the ball and there were like 15 passes around the outside of the box looking for that one angle they could get i mean at some point you got to get someone that's dangerous that can just rip one or at least put one on frame and then it's going to have the guys come out of the come out and have to defend them. That's just my two cents. I could be completely off, but I mean, that's kind of what I was seeing or thinking. Well, I think, I, I think there's, I think just to, to, to add a little bit to that, what, what Brian had kind of mentioned the, the goals that we had conceded in that little run, you know, one to Burnley, one to Southampton, uh, one to West Brom. Uh, if you think back to those particular games and those chances, <laughs> those, those goals that went in, those were each, the the one and only chance that that each of those sides had ing scored in the first minute of the game on a fluke uh, for goal. south <laughs> yeah on a fluke chip uh you have a uh, west brom that uh you know scored on a uh on a set piece which was bound to happen after you know us missing a gazillion chances and then uh you've got uh burnley had a you know a, a freak penalty at the end of the game um, you know, neither of those were, we, we didn't really concede a whole lot in those games. So you can't really attribute it to anything, uh, defensive, but, uh, I, I, I contributed to, you know, to, to defining moments, you know, they're, they're, they're particular moments in a game that can make or break the way that the rest of the game goes. And, and, and a lot of those just weren't going our way. They were, you know, off the bar or worldy, worldy saved by the keeper, um, if you think back to the Burnley match, is uh, you know Origi's breakaway to end the oh half God, where he, that pissed me off he so bad. you know, like a, I mean, he took that he took that chance really well. Like who has the like most of the time on a breakaway, you're not uh, you know stopping short and uh, trying to ping one in top bin from 20 yards out, but he was confident enough to take that on, and and missed it by a you know a, a whisker. Uh, on the underside of the crossbar. So, I mean, those particular moments of that, you know, if, if that Origi goes in, we probably go on to win that game, you know, three or four nil. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you were just mentioning the West Ham match, you know, for at least the first half and the first 50 minutes of that game, that didn't look much different than the West Brom game or the Burnley game or anything like that. We played roughly the same. It was frustrating. Uh, 15, 20 passes around the box, fullbacks cranking crosses in, 
for no reason to we have our tallest players five foot ten you know like we're not gonna we're not gonna win a head ball against you know Burnley or West Ham who have six foot five center center backs back there but you know we were resorting to the same things that weren't giving us any success during that run but you know it's the defining moment a moment of brilliance you just need someone to step up and Salah, who pulls that same move every single time he's in the box, he gets it, he cuts it back to his left foot in real tight space and tries to tries to just ping it and find that far corner. And he had maybe a, a foot extra of space than he normally would. They gave him that much space, and he was able to find that corner. And then next thing you know, we're off and running. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just something like that in either one of those games, the Southampton, West Brom, anything like that would have would have turned those matches, I think, into uh, you know your normal routes that we see against those types of sides. So then, Bullback, we'll continue on. You know, so I think you're on the cusp of saying what you're really thinking. So what's finally gone right to really revitalize this team? We've seen the ball going to net. You talk about you talk you talk about you talk about you know if you relate to to basketball when when you have a shooter. Um, who who can't find can't find a basket a lot of times you know tell them get to the line you just need to find you just need to see the ball go into the net get a free throw you need to see the ball go into the net i think that's what you know a lot of our forwards and our team needed was to see that ball go in the net again we're like hey we're you know we're we're good <laughs> we're good here and, actually and uh started against Manchester kind of kind of too though right I move mean, on from there I mean, kind of start against Manchester United in the FA Cup match. I mean, we put in two. We'd unfortunately give up three and go out of the FA Cup. But, I mean, Bobby Firmino have played great. Um, so could could that probably be one of the areas as well that Bobby's I think, finally, yeah, finally I, I a think we, I think we, uh, we found a lot of confidence from that that loss in the FA Cup. You know, Klopp even mentioned in his post-match, he said, we can take a lot from that match, a lot of positives from that match. Um, you know, it just, it was one of those, one of those matches, like you had mentioned that neither team was really, uh, caring to be extra cautious. You know, we both kind of took it to each other and, um, th- that free kick was just kind of something, something to be admired. There's no stopping that. Yeah. Um, and that we just happened to lose on a fantastic goal and that happens sometimes. Brian, so you thinking that maybe this slumps over or, um, we going to be, on the cusp of it coming back again. Well, you know, it can always come back. I mean, you know, you, you just never know, but we're, we have enough talented players and you know, maybe starting to get a little bit healthier, um, you know, some more impactful substitutions, you know, Jones and Ox a little bit. And, you know, we're, we're seeing things turn the corner a little bit, which is great. So, um, you know, I don't want to say it's not going to come back because, you know, who knows? I mean, gets a crazy card or a knock or, you know, another goalkeeper has a worldie or something. And then we all, you know, kind of start wondering again, but, you know, not only did, you know, did Bobak articulate well that the, you know, the confidence is back up and, and, you know, it didn't take a whole lot for us to get there. And then, you know, a couple of nice goals and some good performances. And, you know, mentioned for me, I think Klopp's done a pretty good job as well with some tactics. Um, you know, the match this weekend, that first half that Bobak talked about, you know, we played this kind of diamond midfield with kind of Shakiri at the top of the diamond and, mm-hmm. and Divock and Mo ahead of him with, uh, I guess, Tiago at the base and, and Genie and Milner out there, right? Kind of on the, and they were those, you know, back three of those midfielders were kind of interchanging a lot. But, 
it certainly looked like a diamond to me. It just didn't work. I, I think you know it's the first time we really played that in quite a long time, at least for that length of time. You know, pretty much the entire first half. So, you know, it, it didn't work. And, and you know, Divac hasn't been good. I was yelling at him a little bit from my C to EJs, to be quite honest. So, um, <laughs> but you know, we made some good choices and, and made some changes in the second half, and some of them forced by some injuries and some things like that. But Another thing that we're doing that I'm noticing is we're, we're playing some balls in a little bit earlier, specifically some crosses. So, you know, one of those matches that we talked about during that kind of bad streak, I think Trent had like 18, 19 crosses one game or something like that. And all of them came very, very late, meaning, you know, lots of square balls and passes around the perimeter and you swing it across the back four once or twice and then comes back out the Trent and he kind of whips one in there. Well, you know, as Vobak said, they've got their giant trees and our towers in there and that's unless it's a perfect ball or you get a mistake you're just gonna be really really tough to score that way um but you know we started seeing trent play balls a little bit earlier like that goal that Mane scored the other day now against spurs i think their defender kind of made a mess of it a little bit and um look was kind of should have come out and got that but early balls from from the wide players are good and um you know we're, we're taking advantage of some of the additional chances we're creating with some small tactical changes and, um, you know, the players performing. I think uh, just to touch on the Spurs match for there for a second, it's just um, it, 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 we, we, we got, I think the momentum changed when that sun goal got called for offside, which was the right call. I, I was watching that. I think I might have been standing in line at a ride at Disney World and, uh, and watching the match as I could. And and seeing holy cow, we just got outclassed there and just completely burned. It got the fight. We got saved by VAR for once. For once, we get saved by VAR. Um, so I, I didn't want to put that. It was kind of it was kind of interesting. But that I think it really changed the momentum of the game. Um, and and that's mainly all we needed. It was after that 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 we started clicking again, and uh, and and we're all set. Um, just so before we wrap up this whole injury crisis craziness, uh, we've had to play players in different positions than what they're used to. Um, also, you know, we've had to pull, um, pull guys into play that, that maybe weren't quite ready. Um, has there been anybody that's really impressed you during this injury crisis that stepped up and you said, Holy cow, you know, this is a great addition to the team. Oh, I'm really happy with them. And Brian, I'll start with you, man. Nah, nobody. They're all shit. <laughs> no. Uh, you know, obviously, we've had players playing all over the place, and, and you know, I won't take them all because I'm sure you guys are thinking a lot of the same guys. But uh, you know, I have to start with Fabinho, who um, has just been you know fantastic in the back and, and played against some tough players and some tough teams, and has done exceptionally well. Um, so, you know, I loved what he's done back there. Unfortunately, he's out right now, but, you know, leading up, um, you know, to help us get to the top of the table at New Year's Day and then and even through all those matches where we're just giving up one or, or, or no goals, he, you know, he's been terrific. So I can't wait for him to come back. Hopefully we'll see him in the midfield soon, but if not, he's, he's done a really nice job. Um, you know, might be the best damn midfielder playing center back in the whole freaking <laughs> continent. Because uh, he's really been outstanding, so I'll mention him and um, 
you know, I'll, I'll leave a couple others alone and maybe for you guys and, and maybe mention one of the last couple of games that's impressed me, and that's been Shakiri. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, that first half against, um, you know, West Ham and that diamond, you know, I don't think he was particularly good. He had some moments, um, but the midfield wasn't working, which kind of made it tough for him. Um, but, you know, second half he was great. He's played some terrific balls, not just that first-time ball he played to Salah, which we might get Stop. to, but, um, you know, he, he played a ball in the first half into the – Kind of left center forward channel to Origi, which was a perfectly weighted ball that you know Origi was able to to get to and try to get a shot off. And he's just popping up in interesting places. He's taking some really good first touches and and playing probably some um, some more interesting passes than anybody in the team except maybe Tiago. So um, for me, you know, Fabinho obviously been fantastic and. Last couple matches, Shaq has impressed me, and I'm not a huge Shaq fan, but he's starting to win me over. Bobek, what about you? Anybody that's kind of really stepped up and impressed you? Um, well, well, I mean, yeah, Fabinho's obviously the 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 obvious choice. Um, you know, we mentioned we mentioned this slide in in January. Uh, you know, that particular run of form is is what you know most people were expecting immediately following the Van Dyke injury. And I think just the fact that it took three or four months to 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 reach, um, you know, a, a slide in form like that is it can be attributed to Fabinho, um, you know, kind of just uh, getting us through, um, especially some big games in that period as well. Um, but you know, we've we've already talked a, a little bit about him. Obviously, Jordan Henderson has been fantastic playing back there at center center back as well. And, and and essentially playing in any single position that that Klopp has asked him to, he's played right back a few times. You know, he's 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 started off at midfield and had to end up at center back multiple times. Um, but he's really he's really taking taking that uh, that leadership role uh, to another level. Um, you know, commanding from the back like like Van Dyke normally would. Um, and 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 I, you know, to to get back to the midfield, uh, you know, the Mister Reliable Genie Wijnaldum has just consistently impressed me with how steady he's been um, for five six years now, and especially during um, you know this this crazy season where we have game after game after game after game. And 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 he hasn't had a, a chance to take a breath. You no, know, when he when we have these international breaks, he's playing playing and starting all three games for Holland uh, during those international breaks, and then coming and asked to play ninety minutes three times a week for uh, for Liverpool for three straight years. So mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, you know, Bobak, he's playing a different position for Holland than he plays for us too, and he's scoring Absolutely. a bunch. So Absolutely. yeah, he's and, not just playing for two teams; but he's playing. Two, three, four different positions. Yeah, and 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 much to what you had mentioned, you know, Klopp had kind of uh, changed the tactics up a little bit in the, the West Ham match, especially in the second half. Uh, uh, I can't remember who the was it Arlo, Arlo and uh, and Lee Dixon that were the commentators for the West Ham match. Yes, they, I believe that's they had, correct. They had mentioned that they had noticed that that uh, you know there was space to be had from the midfielders just making runs into the box. Just just go ahead and just run straight into the box. You know, you might occupy a center back, even if you don't intend to get the ball. 
uh, they had mentioned Milner had made a f- tried to make a few of those runs in the uh, in the uh, first half, but you could tell in the second half Genie's role had kind of changed a bit, and he was the one that was making those runs into the box, and and uh, you know he he got a goal out of it. Uh, you know, it was very noticeable, and um, obviously a, a nice little tactic tweak from uh, from Klopp because he knows he can he can uh, he can call upon the genie and make a wish any single time he, he pleases. Nice. I was really <laughs> impressed by, uh, by Nat Phillips coming in. Um, I thought he's played well, um, but, but man, we've turned, we've turned our, uh, this podcast into, well, at least I have into a Curtis Jones Stan podcast. Uh, I'm a huge Curtis Jones fan. I have been for a bit, but I think he really stepped up in the early parts of this, uh, of this injury crisis. I don't know if he picked up an injury too, cause he hadn't been playing much or he was, uh, or Shaq was was looking better, or what? But um, I really, really have been impressed with young Curtis Jones. Um, he, the first goal. I mean, he he's the one that has the vision to make that pass to to Salah. I mean, it's he's kind of covered up, but he has that little avenue, and he still makes that pass uh, to get it in. Like the first touch of the ball <laughs> is a great pass to, that sets up a goal. Um, and James Milner was even impressed he came off from Milner Milner was pissed and then he seemed to go over and and start uh, cheering with Klopp so um and so you know I've I've just I'm just a huge Curtis Jones fan he's got a bright future at the club uh really excited uh that he's stepped up um and if I can find a way to get him on our podcast we're going to because yeah (laughs) Curtis Jones stand account um (laughs) So, Joe, I'm going to add one to the list. Sure. A guy that I don't think has missed a single minute. You know, he hasn't been always spectacular, but he certainly is dependable. And that's Andy Robertson. I think he's played every minute of every game since, I don't know, June or something. Um, And, yeah, he's just – he's been steady. And uh, we should mention him as well because he's played a ton. Yeah. He's got a nice little link up with Mane too, I've noticed. They kind of understand each other. And they do this run where – a lot of times um, he'll play it down into space and, and Mane's on kind of the end line and he'll cut it back trying to find somebody. Sometimes it doesn't, he, most of the time, most of the time uh, it's covered up because they, they've scattered it well. But when he does, he's usually get, finding Bobby or, or Mo making a run uh, towards, kind of towards the penalty spot and can pick him out there and they can beat somebody that way because, I mean, the skill that Mane has is just ridiculous. Um, him being injured, I think, is going to, really hurt more than uh than <laughs> than some um i say that after we beat west ham 3-1 but uh, i think we'll get there a little bit in a minute um yeah as as we go along so there's been some additions to liverpool you know the fans we've been talking about it brian's been saying it for since we sold um well probably since before we sold uh dejan lovren uh but we needed a center back bad um and the window opens, and then you know nothing happens. And and then I, granted, I was on vacation, so I was just randomly checking Twitter, and I thought I read that that Klopp said there wasn't money available for a center back, and that it was a luxury. Then Joel Matip gets injured <laughs> to a long term injury, uh, tears up his ankle, uh, has ligament damage. He's going to miss the remainder of the season. Um, we we've all seen videos of Virgil. Uh, working with the ball, doing that awesome walking juggle thing uh, that that I could never do, um, <laughs> and uh, and and doing doing weight work and stuff like that, and everybody thinks that he's going to come back. 
However, Klopp came out today and said, no, that that's that's not. He's not expecting Virgil to come back this year, and uh, he doesn't plan to, to even uh, register him for Champions League. That's how confident he is because none of the doctors have told him uh, that Virgil will be back, could be back this year. So during the West Ham match, Twitter starts lighting up with reports right about halftime uh, that Liverpool are looking to sign Ben Davies from Champions side Preston North End for two million pounds. So, um, you know, P- Preston North End fans, they they think he's going to be a great addition to Liverpool. It comes through on deadline day. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to pretend I know the slightest thing about him. Um, you know, we've all seen the stats. You know, he, he's been um, – he's won just about all the, the personal accolades that you can at at um, Preston. Um, and he's – He's not the tallest, but he's uh, 25, and and a lot of people are really excited about that. And these are like the Preston fans, because I mean, if if you don't know about the geography of it, Preston's not that far from Liverpool, so they kind of have a little bit of overlap there um, in fandom. So so they're happy to see see their him move up to the Champions League, or excuse me, well probably Champions League, but to see him move up to uh, the Premier League. Um, and then a name came out of. It came back around. Um, we'd heard his name in the summer. Ozan Kabak uh, from Schalke. Uh, his name was popping up a lot. Uh, people were talking about him. And then the Schalke season started and he was terrible. Um, plus, they also came, it came out that Schalke wanted 30 million euros for him and Liverpool weren't ready to, to make that change. Um, he joins Liverpool on a, uh, excuse me, on a loan with option to buy. Um, at the end of the season. So what do you guys think about um, those two signings? Anything that jumps out for you on either Ben Davies or Ozan Kabak? And Bobak, feel free to correct the way I'm saying his last name. <laughs> oh, I, I, I honestly have no idea. I would have, I would assumed uh, Kabak uh, probably, probably more and accurate, but I've honestly never heard it said um i'm sure there's probably a pronunci- pronunciation video out there somewhere but yeah um i i don't care to, to scout it down because the scousers will pronounce it incorrectly anyway so <laughs> uh I, I i mean it's they aren't necessarily like the most exciting signings you know it's not something that like man i i just absolutely can't wait to see this guy where in in red and see what he can do i think it's just one of those where it's like you take a big sigh of relief that something was done because you know the the Matip news was probably obviously the the straw that broke the camel's back but there isn't a uh, a fan out there there isn't a pundit out there there isn't anyone out there that hasn't looked at Liverpool and said they need at least one defensive reinforcement now obviously they they shopped in the bargain bin like they like they uh, tend to do when when their kind of hand is forced, um, but you know they they have the thing is their scouting is so so good that they have the options to where when they have to do that they have good options available to them. Klopp had even mentioned I think you know it's not a normal type of transfer we would make when he was talking about Davies. You know, reaching into the championship for a 25-year-old uh, center back, 
but you know, we were, we're in the situation we're in right now with COVID and, and the financial burdens that are put on all the clubs. And, and, and this is a deal that we could financially get done. And, and, you know, once we realized that this was, uh, something that we could do, I began to get really excited about it, you know, and, uh, excited about his potential and excited about what he can do, um, for Liverpool. Um, I think, you know, Klopp's the kind of guy that doesn't necessarily like to sign the biggest superstars in the world. He likes to see someone that, that, uh, has the, the, the skills and the, uh, uh, the mentality and the uh, personality that he enjoys having in his team. And he likes to mold them into a star. And I think he sees that that could potentially happen with this uh, Davies player. I mean, uh, he's, he's played in every single league, uh, every single level league in England. So I think the national league, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the conference league two, league one and the championship um, now making his way up to the premier league. So he's he's been everywhere, um, and I, I'd assume he's hungry to prove himself. Um, the last player the, to do that the, was Jamie Vardy, and look how he's turned out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. the 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 the, the Cowback signing is was was surprising to me because I think the for me personally, I always thought that name was linked from his agent. I think his agent was the dude that's just whispering to the to all these. Uh, you know, Fabrizio Romano and, and all these guys, they're like, oh, yeah, we've talked to Liverpool. Liverpool are interested, you know, just trying to get a move away from Schalke because they're, you know, their financial situation is is dire. They've already talked about they're not paying players over X wage and and, you know, they don't care if they get relegated, essentially. Um, so so I think, you know, for, for me, his name was a was a huge surprise. And then then to read on that uh he's he's come highly recommended from obviously we all know how 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 good a friends uh Klopp is with with David Wagner who was uh Kovic's manager at uh, Schalke at the beginning of the season um he said he came came highly recommended from him and highly recommended from uh uh I can't remember the the gentleman's name but he was uh he worked with Klopp at Mainz as well um and I think he's at Schalke at the, at the moment. Um, and he said, you know, he's, he's, he's a potential leader of men. He's got that type of uh, personality, which is, you know, kind of the complete opposite. I would, I would have expected from him from the kind of stuff that I had seen and the season he had started off with. So, uh, it was a bit of a surprise to me, but if, if, you know, if you're getting glowing reviews from people that are in Klopp's inner circle, I'm, I'm excited. Brian, much like, much like a lot of us, we watched a lot of Bundesliga because <clears throat> uh, they were the first ones to come back after COVID. Well, I'm not really after COVID, but after the the shutdown, um, they were the first league to come back. And, and a lot of Americans started watching Schalke because we had a lot of interest in watching Weston McKinney. Um, still a huge fan of Weston McKinney. Disappointed that he went to to be second fiddle to Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, <laughs> Juventus. But that's neither here nor there. That's um, okay. David or McKinney will break Ronaldo's leg in training. It'll be okay. <laughs> um, but but when after the restart, I wanted nothing to do with any of the Schalke players. They were atrocious. Brian. You probably watch as much Schalke as as I did, which was not much. But it, how how I mean, 
he hasn't his numbers don't really show that great. How how are you excited about this? How are you feeling about Kabak? It's it's such a loaded question. First of all, you're both getting the pronunciation correct. Um, I watched um, Klopp's most recent press conference, um, and they're in England. They're calling him Davis and said it like we're going to pronounce it as Davies, just because that's how we do it here in the states. But and he kept saying, you know, Kabak. So um, that's I think you guys are pronouncing it just fine. But we can be honorary scouser and just butcher it as well. <laughs> um, but you know, Schalke. I, I did watch some Schalke. I don't watch a ton of Bundesliga, but. Like you said, it was on, and I get way too many damn channels as it is. So I'll have the matches, you know, kind of playing and, and you know, doing some other stuff or watch for 20, 30 minutes here and there. I never noticed the guy, to be quite honest with you. Um, I don't think I remember watching him doing anything of note. I'm, I'm, doesn't mean he never had a good block or a clearance. I mean, I looked up a couple kind of highlight reels today, and, of course, those can make anybody look good. But um, he, he's, you know, he was a Stuttgart. And, and they got relegated, and then he went to Schalke. They will be relegated this year. As Bobak said, they're a complete mess, and their ownership is basically thrown in the towel. And it, it's, I'm glad we we got him. I wasn't expecting to get anybody. I was kind of resigned to, you know, what we're not going to buy anybody, and and you know the financial situation's a mess, and you know that's just kind of how the way things are. And everybody's screaming about not spending any money, and I'm thinking, you know, they're at Kirkby now, and then they built this massive new main stand, and there's no ticket sales, and, you know, we're not a club that goes into trillions of dollars of debt like, you know, they do in Spain and Barcelona and, you know, whatever. Literally. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, but so I'm thrilled to get both of these guys. And, and what I love about Kabak is, well, first of all, he's left-footed, which is great. I mean, a left-footed center back is not a common thing. So I love that about him, and he's only 20. He's yes. 20 years old, and, and he's – Bobak mentioned his leadership qualities. That you don't hear that very much from 20-year-old players at all. And he, he's he's big. He's quick. He's played you know a couple of years in the Bundesliga now. And again, for, for teams that weren't spectacular, you know, he wasn't an 18- or 19-year-old center back for Bayern, but he was 18, 19 years old playing in the Bundesliga. So – to get him on a you know this million dollar loan, I guess, with the option to buy for, you know, we're hearing eighteen million, so that that may or may not be correct once it rolls around. And he's only twenty and he's left footed. I love it, so I'm thrilled to get it and and or get him rather. And and um, Klopp had some nice things to say about you know David Wagner, which he he did say that he hasn't spoken with him for a long time. So the reporter asked the question, kind of connecting it to. Wagner and how did you hear about him and this and that and Klopp immediately said okay hold on you know kind of time out and I'm paraphrasing this but I didn't buy him because of you know David said so even though we are friends but he did speak kindly of him you know we bought him because we think he's a good player in our scouting you know blah 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 so mm -hmm. and, and he kind of said some of the same things about Davies as well that the scouts went to look at him and and they've looked at him many times and saw him play many games and I, I imagine some of this is film or you know recorded matches or whatever we don't have you know scots at every game but it's not hard to go up to preston and watch a match that's for sure so yeah. um interesting thing klopp said during his press conference about him is he hasn't met know, him yet. that was interesting the question was about <laughs> sorry joe he hasn't met him yet that's what, that's exactly what the question was about when can you get him into the team and, and he's like oh they just want to come in and you know get started we're looking forward to it and Happy to have them. Kind of the stock answers. Well, you know, which is fine. Sometimes you have to do that with a with a question that you may not want to answer and kind of be held 
too. But yeah, Klopp said it'll be good to have him in and finally meet him. <laughs> so, you know, Klopp, and I thought that was a, a at first I kind of laughed about it like you did, but what a great answer. I mean, he, he trusts the scouts to to get a player that, that's going to, you know, fit well in our system, so to speak. And, you know, this guy's, as Bobak said, has a ton of experience. And 25 is exactly the right age to get a center back that has some experience like this. If he was 28, 29, then, you know, no, 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 thank you. And if he was, you know, 20 or 21, then we're buying two very, very young players, and that's a bit risky. So I think they're going to be nice additions. I, I think eventually this might mean some bad news for either Joel Matip or, or Phillips or, or certainly not both. But I don't know that we can keep all these guys for next year once Virgil's back and Gomez is healthy and, you know, Fabinho and Henderson are fighting for the fifth and sixth center back spots. We'll have to we'll have to see what happens. But uh, yeah, I was I was expecting nobody, so I'm thrilled that we got these two, and I'm especially excited about Kabak, this left footed twenty year old. I'm I'm pretty much said that that Joel Matip um, is is uh, just too injury prone for Liverpool. Um, I don't know. They I don't know how much time he has left on his contract, but um, I could see Liverpool looking to offload him in the summer. Um, but he's going to need to get back and get his ankle healthy first before he, they can sell him. Um, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is Joel's last last year. I mean, heck, we got him on a free, so you can't really complain about that. <laughs> um, yes, we did. Yes, we did. But, you know, we, we're talking about police players coming in. We had some players leave, too, or at yeah, least one in this, particular that's of note, right? Yeah, and I, I love this move, by the way. Uh, 11th hour move, uh, Taki Minamino. Um, well, shit, this- Joe, I bought you a Taki Minamino Liverpool shirt, and I was going to deliver it tomorrow. <laughs> Fine, I'll just return it if you love this move. Um, we've all we've all seen how good <laughs> we've all seen uh, what what Taki can do when he was playing uh, for Salzburg, but we he, we really he really didn't get in and get settled. I think a lot of it had to do with timing. He signs, and then all of a sudden we go into shutdown with with COVID, so he couldn't really come in get settled in a city he's not familiar with. Um, I just think that that this is a good move. Hasselhut really likes to play a similar style to ours. Um, he Danny Ings can Danny Ings knows what it's like to be at Liverpool, so he can help him in that kind of an adaptation as well. Um, I'm just a big fan of this move for for Taki as a player because I think that I I, I think Shaq's leaving this summer. I think Divox leaving this summer. Um, and I, I think that that we're going to need Taki to step up. Um, and when and when Jota comes back from being injured, they're going to play a similar role. But I, I just think that he – I think a lot like Klopp. Klopp wanted him to go out and get a run of games. Um, wasn't ready to sell him. He's not ready to give up on him yet. Um, Southampton wanted to buy outright, and Liverpool wasn't ready to make that move. So um, I, I really like this, this for Taki and for his development. And for his settling in England, um, Bobak, Brian was just talking, so I'm going to come to you. What, what do you kind of feel about Taki? Yeah, I, I, I think uh, there's obviously uh, probably been conversations between uh, Klopp and and Taki about his playing time. You know, uh, obviously he would be extremely frustrated with the opportunities given. I think the last time he played was against Crystal Palace and he started and he scored. So, um, you know, for someone to not see the field since then, 
has got to be a combination of, you know, just, just maybe not adapting to life, uh, in England, um, as well as, as he thought he would, and, and maybe not performing and training, uh, to the levels that, um, Klopp would expect of him at this point. And, and, uh, you know, a compromise was kind of, kind of had, you know, Hey, prove to me, you can do this on a consistent basis, um, on someone else's time. Um, we'll see, we'll see how, how it goes. And when you come back, we'll, uh, we'll give you another shot. Um, you know, a compromise, we'll let you play. Um, but, uh, I can't sacrifice any minutes from the guys that are doing it in training. So we're going to have you do it for someone else. And, and it's and a good side at that, you know, a team that he can succeed in a team that he's going to get plenty of, uh, playing opportunities as well as plenty of opportunities, uh, on the, you know, offensive uh, side of the ball. He's, you know, he's not going to uh, Sheffield or, uh, or you know, a team that struggles to create chances. Or he's, Burnley, he's gonna... who's only scored like three goals. Right, yeah, yeah, like yeah. three seasons ago. Yeah, he's he's going to a side that scores goals. Uh, granted, they give up a lot of goals as well, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but, it would have been uh, like 9-7 if he was played in that game today. I'll bet very you. possible as well. With a completely um, different yeah, so, game if that guy was an so idiot. I, I, I like the move. I, I, I wish that was the kind of move we would have maybe give, uh, gave Brewster last year. Mm-hmm. Um, or or maybe the, the start of this year. Uh, maybe gave him about half a season. Let him... Let him uh, let him give a Premier League side that actually has uh, some uh, some uh, chances for him to, to to put the ball in the net um, for six months or, or hell, so, or and, even back to Swansea. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're yeah they're 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 challenging for a promotion, automatic promotion spot. They're second, I think. Yep. I, I have now. a colleague at work who's from Swansea, and he was mad that we took him back, and then he was actually pissed that we sold him to Sheffield. He wanted him back bad. Brian, how's he feel yeah. about Jordan Morris? Have you talked to him about Jordan Morris going to uh, Swansea on loan? Uh, I haven't. I haven't seen him the last couple of weeks. He um, works up in the council's office. So, uh, did he oh, end shoot, up making sorry. that move? Yeah, it's a it's a loan move. He actually yeah. he actually came on uh, late in the last match. Yeah, he, he will. So. This guy is very tuned in to not only every team in his league, but just he's he's like the Welsh Bowback. He just like knows everybody from everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and can tell you like who scored what goal and both home and away from four years ago. So, uh, yeah, I, I, next time I see him, I'll talk to him about it. One of his colleagues is a city supporter. So I usually just punch him and then leave, but, um, <laughs> you know, they're, they, they're both, uh, yeah, lawyers. So I have to be careful. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's a good, yeah. that, that's a, that's another good move. I think for Jordan Morris, um, I think he's going to just shine and then, He's going to get a, a permanent move in MLS. Is just going to count money. But let's. Uh, <laughs> I hope so, Brian. Anything else for uh, for South for Taki? Uh, you know, just maybe just one thing. I, I had never really thought about it until maybe the last couple of days, and we were talking about it at UJ's during the the uh, West Ham match. I had kind of chalked this up to you know he must be really like not good at all in training, and and I think that's really a broad brush in, in retrospect. I probably was not completely right about that. There might be some truth to it, but looking back on it, this guy signs, he arrives, he comes from, you know, Germany via Japan, obviously, he's, you know, has no idea what's going on on Merseyside and 
he can't even go out and explore the city or go connect with other people in the city or you know folks that are from his part of the world or other you know german speaking people or people that he just can't go anywhere there's this virus happening and he can't even go hang out with other players houses because their families you know he sees them at training sees them at you know melwood now kirkby and that's kind of it you know no wonder he didn't light it up who who could yeah and you know very very few players could and i'm not saying it was impossible but I, I don't fault him at all for you know playing the way he did in limited times and not you know setting the world on fire every single game i hope he does really well and, and i think it's great that we did this as a loan uh, with an option to bring him back if need be, you know somebody could come in and and swoop in for a, I don't know, a genie and a shack and and give us big money and we're going to say okay, and then you bring him back, and and you know he can play multiple positions. I like the guy, and, and you know I hope he does do well and comes back. So best of luck to him and Joe. I've already hit the return button on the shirt I bought you. So sorry, but <laughs> all right, it's okay. Um, one other move, I, I had heard that we added a U23 goalkeeper. Uh, to me, that just means that um, Adrian's days are numbered. Um, Klopp really likes Kelleher um, as the backup. Um, maybe even Loris Karius <laughs> is supposed to come back. I guess he's still under contract um, and has said he wants to fight for the backup position. So we'll see. Um, Kelleher, I thought, is another name that we missed over because it's been a long time since we talked. I think we were just going to call him Dave, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> well, we do that That's sometimes. The That's name is joke, hard but... to pronounce. But, um, you know, you did well with Kabak's last name, but you're avoiding Kelleher's first name, Joe. Uh, it's Why don't you, uh, you know, try to put in the upper 90 here. <laughs> Go for it. Isn't it Colin Kelleher? <laughs> Colin Keller? Yeah. No, Callum. That's, yeah, that's it. Callum. It's 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 Queeveen. It's Queeveen. Oh, my gosh. Like Q-U-E-V-E-E-N if you're an well, American. Or I guess I'm I, Irish, North American. Irish, for, Irish for Kevin. Yes, Kevin. that's right. We it were is Irish him for Kevin. Kevin. That's what we were doing. We were called him Kevin. All right. Um, <laughs> I you said Colin. I know. I, I to be honest, I haven't looked at it in a long time, and and ever since uh and ever since Allison's been back, I, I haven't even really thought about him. Sorry. Um. All right. So no, that's okay. I haven't either. Nobody has because Allison's back and. And as handsome yeah. as ever. Don't okay. you know what? Don't just Joe. Don't stop, just stop talking about. It. Don't jinx it, Joe. Just stop. All right. So uh, looking forward, man. We, next match: Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, you guys have thoughts on lineups and maybe a score prediction? Um, I, I haven't looked up the betting. I was thinking about it, but um, Brighton, the only team I think to, well, recently has uh, has hung one up against City, right? No, they they beat Tottenham on uh, oh, that's what it was. It was over close. the weekend. That's right. Yeah, they lost one nil to City. Uh, about three or four matches ago, but City's been beating everybody by a ton, so that was only one nil. So <laughs> there we go. Um, so yeah, Brian, want to start? Any thoughts on this match? Um, you know they're they're interesting. They they've they've got Lewis Dunk back, a center back who's just kind of a big lumbering kind of you know kind of Chewbacca kind of style center back. Is, is there a better name um, for a for a center back than Dunk? Yeah, maybe Queeving Dunk, but you know his name's Lewis, so we'll have to go with that, I guess. But yeah, he's you know often their captain, and yeah, Lewis Dunk. He, he's and he's not the player to watch out for, really. But you know, they've, I only mentioned him because they've got these big, kind of tall center backs, and if we're going to play some balls into the box, we need to do so early, and and it's going to be really tough for us to score, kind of on corners or set pieces. But 
as soon as I say that, you know, Bobby thumps one in off his head like he did against Spurs. But, you know, they've been pretty good recently. They beat Spurs, and but then they drew with Fulham before that. They beat Leeds, and they lost 1-0 to Man City before that. And then 3-3 against Wolves, you know, back at the beginning of the year. So lots of ones and zeros up on the, the results for them lately. They've only scored two goals in, in uh, four games. So I don't think they're going to um, really come at us and, and go after it like a lot of or like a couple teams have done for, you know, five, 10, 15 minute stretches recently. So I think we're gonna have to work hard. I think it's going to be a tough game. Um, I've said this so many times, if we score early and take a one nil lead, we can end up putting three or four on them. But um, I think they'll be thrilled if it's nil nil at halftime. And um, if that happens, I still think we have a chance to win two one or I'm sorry, two nil. I, I think a two nil or three nil. That's what I'm going with. So bet on that, Joe. Uh, all right. Bullback. Uh, Probably too soon to have Davis or uh, Orca back in the lineup. Um, maybe come in as a sub. I don't even know if if Kabak's in uh, or Kabak's in uh, Liverpool yet. Um, he, he he he. I think he just uh, he did all his 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 big photo shoot today. Okay. So all right. Um, so yeah, he's gonna wear number nineteen. I saw. I believe yeah. that's okay. Nineteen. He he wore number four at. Um, it's Schalke, Joe, so sorry to interrupt, but I, I was kind of hoping he'd wear 44, which I thought would be kind of cool Yeah, to have him wear 44, and when Virgil comes back, he's wearing four, but I don't know, maybe that's the 10-year-old in me that thought the uniform <laughs> numbers were kind of cool or something. But. Hey, I love Larry Bird's yeah. triple threes, or double threes. There you go. Um, so, so Bobak, back to you. Um, any thoughts on this, on how, how we're going to line up, um, and, and maybe how you're feeling about the scores? Uh, I mean, I, like Brian, I Brighton's a Brighton's the kind of side that um, you know they 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 struggle to score really. They can. Um, they're not a team that they're your traditional uh, bus parkers, but um, they will. They're very well organized defensively. They don't give up a whole lot of goals. Um, and when they do, um, when they do happen to get the ball, they're able to keep it. They pass the ball really well. Um, so, um, it's, it's one of those, one of those situations to where, yeah, if it's, if it's uh nil, nil at half, or even I think one nil at half, I think, uh, I think Brighton will be thrilled. Um, in regards to how I think we'll set up, like, like you had mentioned, I think it's, it's way too early for any of the, uh, the new signings to, um, to really play a part. I, I, I don't, honestly, I don't expect them to really, um, either of them to, to maybe start a match until, weeks and weeks from now you know we've got some some really big games mm-hmm. coming up and and, there, yeah. and to throw <laughs> a, a brand new player that's never played with any of these guys before into the mix against man city or leicester or leipzig or everton um i i i, I think it would be a, a big surprise in that circumstance i think we'll, we'll probably have to to you know run out Henderson and Phillips again at center back um, for this match. I think it is a match that we'll probably need uh, to make one or two changes just to freshen up a little bit. Um, make sure we've got all guns a blazing for the weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, if all, all things go well, if we, if we start two of the front three, uh, this could be a two or three goal win um but it's all really gonna depend like brian said on on what kind of start we have um because because brighton brighton they don't they don't give up a whole lot of uh a whole lot of chances so we'll have to be really clinical 
So, Bobek, same with you. Um, Manchester City visits Anfield on the weekend. Um, Kevin's out. Uh, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne, that is. Um, Kevin Keller. <laughs> uh, Kevin De Bruyne's out. Um, is he Kuna, definitely out for this match? I, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, he I, is. Yeah. He is. Well, uh, good. Kuna, that, that's out. Uh, I think he has COVID now. Um, and Does he? Yeah, I thought that's what I had read the other day. So, um, it, it's... I mean, City still has weapon upon weapon upon weapon, but but I mean, come on, when you have Kevin, I mean, when you have Kevin De Bruyne, he's one of the best players in the world. Um, out, it kind of bodes a little bit better for us. Um, but how how are you feeling about this match? And it's at Anfield. Yeah, I mean, uh, I I don't want to I don't want to jinx us, so so please don't repeat what I just nope. said, Joe. Um, <laughs> but uh, City City haven't won at Anfield since two thousand three. Um, it's a place that's their bogey ground. Um, so, uh, I, how do I feel that they always scare the absolute shit out of me, but it's yeah. always a game that I, I really, really, really look forward to. Unlike, uh, when we play United or Everton, um, those are matches that, that I love, but I hate at the same time because, uh, the, the absolute dread that's involved if uh if we don't come away with a positive result is 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 there's a lot of pressure it makes me very anxious and and nervous versus city is just more of an excitement um factor because you know if if you go and lay an egg at against city yeah you're probably going to get thumped but it's (laughs) it's not something that you look at um and say you know we were we're, we must be an awful team because we lost to Man City 3-0 because they're a very good side and they, they play good football. Um, like you had mentioned, you know, they can have one of the best players in the world out and not miss a beat. They've He's been out, what, two or three games and they've they've looked fantastic um, in those three matches. So um, what to expect from them? I don't, I honestly don't know on, on, on the, you know, the front end, they, they do a lot of chopping and changing with their, their front players, especially with Aguero out or struggling for fitness or God knows what's up with him right now. Uh, you never know who's going to start at center forward for them. They kind of change that on a daily basis. You know, whether it's going to be Ferran Torres playing through the middle, whether it's Sterling, whether they're going to play Jesus, um, whether whether they want to throw Mares out there who hasn't necessarily had the best of times against us. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've got quite a few weapons that, that they can, they can throw at us. And, uh, you know, from a, from the defensive standpoint and, and who we're going to have out there, I, you know, I'm hoping Fabinho will be fit. I hope, I think that was the, the, uh, the expectation was that, um, you know, they were, they were kind of going to, you know, nurse him yeah. to be ready for this match. Um, I'm hoping we can maybe throw a surprise out there and, and maybe see a Nabi Keita fit for that match. I don't know if that'll <laughs> ever happen, but uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a match that excites me regardless of what kind of result happens. Um, now this could be a, when you're from a title perspective, make or break. Um, if they, if the, I think if they beat us, then we can probably, count out the title um but um if we win then i think you can put as favorites um to go on and 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 
move on from there. So it's it's it always seems to be a title decider, even though we play them in February or November <laughs> um, with, you know, 20, 25 matches left to play a lot of times. Um, and they usually turn out to be we thought we talked about 19, the, the 18, 19 season where literally that was the one game we lost all season was at city by like um, five by millimeters, 10 millimeters, 10 millimeters um, yeah. you know uh it's 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 something that um that i'll probably be thinking about just about every single hour for the next uh four or five days regardless <laughs> of the fact that we have a match tomorrow brian i've got this at the man city match at nil nil uh john stones is, is finally realized that he's a, a good center back again um their defense is looking strong i i just Especially if Mane's not fit, I'm I'm thinking this is nil nil. What are you thinking on this match? I'll take that bet all day long. I think there's no chances as a nil nil. I think both teams are going to score. Um, the city is playing terrific lately. Um, first of all, we should say this match is 11:30 Sunday Eastern time. So go to your local pub. Go, I mean, whatever you got to do, watch it. It's on NBC Sports Network. So if you don't have Peacock or like to just bitch and complain about Peacock. You know, you don't have to worry about it for this particular match, but they're unbeaten in 12. They've won eight in a row. Um, in that eight-match stretch, I think they've only conceded one goal, um, and that was to Chelsea in a 3-1 win. So everything else has been clean sheets, 1-0, 5-0, 2-0, 4-0, 1-0 to Brighton that we talked about earlier, and 3-1 to Chelsea, 2-0 to Newcastle, 1-0 to Southampton. And so they haven't lost since... Um, is November 21st. So it's been a long time. Um, they score a ton. You know, we're starting to fire on all cylinders here. They will not sit back. I think they'll be happy with a draw, to be honest with you. But they, they just don't play that way. So we'll have some space. We'll get to play a little bit. Um, I know they've been defending well. Lots of clean sheets I've had lately. But I, I, I don't think this is going to be a nil. You know, I, I don't, you know, I'm not predicting like a 5-4, you know, game of the century type thing. But um I think it's going to be an entertaining game, and, and we're going to be ready to play. They're going to be ready to play, as Bobak said, a huge, huge game, even though it's February. And um, I'm going to say that I think we're going to win. And, and it's going to be, you know, at the very least a 2-1, since I said both teams are going to score here. So All right. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. So you're thinking something a little bit more uh, low scoring. And, yeah, I'm and thinking no draw, no. Joe. What, what, thinking what's no. leading you down that path? I just um, – I just how the quality of the two teams. I think I think uh, we figure things out on defense. Um, get, I always feel like even if he doesn't score, um, uh, Kunaguero always plays well against us. Um, so he, he's he's out. He's I out know, exactly. Yeah. Um, but but still, yeah, he's and, in, and he's even, injured. That was kind of just announced for sure that he's out for this yeah, game. So. And, but what I'm also saying, but you know, they've got I'm, some other players too. I, I'm worried about. But what I'm saying Jesus, is, Jesus. I think it'll be easier for him, for us to defend against, especially without having uh, Kevin De Bruyne in there as well as as Kun Aguero. Um, so I I I don't their their defenses seem revitalized, and I'm just not quite sold yet that that we're gonna bang them in uh, for fun. Um, I'd still love to see another Ox worldy, <laughs> like I think it was a Champions League match that we won at uh, at uh, at the Etihad. Um, but you know, who knows if we'll see that or not? Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of on on a nil nil basis. 
the 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 scary player for them at the moment during this this twelve match unbeaten run is Ilkay Gundogan. He's uh, he's he's probably the hottest player in the Premier League right now. Uh, yeah. I think before he he didn't score against uh, whoever they played last. Um, Burnley maybe Sheffield one nil. Yeah, Sheffield. He didn't score against them, but uh, before that, he was he was seven and seven from uh, from a you know a kind of a, a a deep lying center midfield position. He somehow finds his way into the box and has been on fire in front of goal. Yeah, that's um, like Henderson going seven and seven, or Genie yeah. going seven and seven, or. You know, Milner it's, back it's, in the day it, just flying in. Genie can be at three and three in that match too. So uh, let's just put that out there because he's he scored the last match, so he can score one again against. <laughs> That's right <laughs> against Brighton, and then let's score one against City. Genie, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Got a nice tap in against Brighton, wasn't it? Well set up. All right. You know he's playing. You know he's playing in both those matches too. So it's a. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not even a question. No. Uh, <laughs> That, that I do kind of wonder what we're going to look at now when these guys come back in. How does that midfield look? Because um, strongest midfield, hands down, Fabino, Henderson, and and Tiago. But Ginny's been playing great and doing real well. So I don't know if you just rotate one of those guys out, but I just kind of wonder where where we where we line up, and and that's that's Klopp's headache. I, I'm not even going to approach that right now. Or worry. Well, here's about the it. here's here's the thing, Joe. When those guys are back, Genie's not going to be employed by the club anymore, so it's not even going to be something we'll have to worry about. <laughs> well, I'm not talking about. I'm talking about when the new guys come in. I, I mean, and we have it. We have a Davis uh, Davis come back uh, <laughs> center back pairing. But it is yeah, I, I'm not sure that'll happen either. <laughs> but. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'd, I'd I'd love to see Fabinho and Henderson in the midfield um, at some point this season. I just don't think uh, I don't think there'll be a time where one of them isn't uh, pairing one of the new guys back yeah, there. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. I, I yeah, cup, cup matches well. maybe next year, but yeah. yeah. You know, one good thing about this is uh, City. You know, by the time a lot of our listeners listen to this, um, you know, the, the Liverpool Brighton game could be over, but City play Burnley on Wednesday the 3rd, and then we play Brighton after that. So, you know, maybe Burnley pulls a shocker or gets a crazy draw or something like that. But um, you never know. I mean, that's obviously what I'm hoping for, and I will not be terribly productive at work starting at 2 o'clock tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I'll keep I'll keep an eye on that game, and then I'll kind of what I, I'll say what I call kind of going dark in the afternoon because I'll – I like to – I prefer to watch the Liverpool games – you know, on a recording or, or, you know, a replay or something like that in the evening and take a couple of beverages instead of kind of following it at work. So I have my one on one with my boss at three thirty. So we'll see if I, uh, if I, well, well first of all, maybe you have a conference call you have to go to for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move it along. Um, <laughs> plugs, non plugs, Brian, you've been talking a little bit. So let's start with you on plugs and non plugs. <laughs> um, a, a real quick plug to a, a, a person I've never met before named Derek. Um, who lives out in Maine? So, and I hope he listens to this. I, um, especially a Liverpool supporters club, of uh, which uh, you know, Bo Back and I are a big part of it, and Joe as well. Lots of people that we've had here on the podcast. Derek uh, sent a, a kind of a retro throwback Liverpool jersey to us, and we had a raffle at Union Jack Pub for it. 
um, and raised more than $500 for the servers and staff there that have done such a great job during this entire mess for what is, what, a year now? Um, you know, we can't all make it to every game there, and some people haven't been in a long time. Um, and, you know, that that's fine. I, I certainly don't get to go to every game either. But, um, yeah, I mean, to just to have someone that we've never met before uh, agree to donate this shirt to us and we raffle it off and the incredible generosity of the uh, Indy Reds and all the supporters here, not just Indianapolis, but even surrounding areas, raising uh, that money. So just a, a massive plug, maybe the longest. Um, just shout out or plug to anybody I've ever given on here goes to Derek out in Maine. So um, I'm going to make sure he gets a, a, you know connected to this podcast and just want to thank him as well. And we've got some stuff that we're sending Derek's way in the mail here in the next couple of days. So um, big, big thank you to him uh, for getting that started for us. And, um, you know, quick non-plug, I, I, I just, I'm amazed at all the Manchester United supporters that that we didn't think had internet service, but now apparently they do because they're all going absolutely freaking berserk. So congratulations to them for finally getting internet service and learning how to use a keyboard. So well done to them. And um, you know what? It only took a 9 nothing win for United to finally get their goal difference the same as Liverpool. So um, that's both a non-plug and a shut the hell up at the same time. <laughs> all right. Bullback, um, any plugs, non-plugs? Uh, you know, I, the last couple weeks have been, uh, uh, you know, big for me in regards to, uh, uh, self-reflection and, and, and everything. And, uh, you know, some, some kind of closer to me will know that, uh, that I've, I've kind of, uh, been off the whole social media train here to try and try and cut some neck negativity from my life so good i'm i'm, I'm purging negativity so i'm not going to do a non-plug today um and then uh my plug uh surprisingly is going to be for union jack pub and all the wonderful uh servers and staff at, at at that location that every day repeatedly come and uh you know handle our high maintenance requests of changing it to peacock and <laughs> making sure that we're all taken care of on a on a regular basis. So, so that's my plug uh, and, oh. and purging the non-plugs. There you go. Um, I am, I think I'm also going to just be positive. I really want to, we just got back from Walt Disney world. Um, and I really want to plug Disney and their staff. They, they've done a great job of, of, uh, inf- enforcing, um, face mask coverings, making everybody feel safe with social distancing, um, having great markers and everything like that. They see people that aren't following the rules and they let them know, um, and, and keep an eye on them. And they are not afraid to kick somebody out of their parks, um, if they aren't. So we had a great trip down there. Um, so I just really want to plug and it, it, well, Disney world, they've, <laughs> they've had a tough year. I mean, heck, what is it? Uh, Disneyland's still not open and they don't know when they will open. Um, and they're operating at minimum capacity. They've abbreviated hours. Um, so much so that Disney has changed their whole focus um, on how on where they expect their revenue to come in the next uh, for this year. Uh, so it's it's really interesting to see such a big company uh, operate that way. Plus, they lost a lot of money because they haven't been having any cruises um, on their Disney Cruise Line, um, which is why we ended up actually being at Walt Disney World instead of on a cruise. So, uh, really big plug to um, to them. 
uh, um, for their 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 authorization. Excuse me for their um, for what what they've been doing to keep it open um, and, and keep things going, and at least let us some of us have a, have an escape uh, from what's been probably the worst year of most of our lives. Uh, so that's that's something to think about too. Um, also wanted to. I just forgot. Never mind. All right. So um, I want to thank everybody for for listening. Thank you, Bobak and Brian, for coming on and sharing your thoughts. Um, it's really been good talking to everybody again. And we're going to get back to this uh, more on a routine basis. Uh, I and and I have, I guess I could not plug myself, but I'm kind of trying to be more positive about a lot of things in life too. So uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, I'll have contact information in the podcast notes. This is Joe Dilling signing off for for another episode of the Indie Reds podcast. You'll never walk alone.